Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Everyone on this podcast's favorite NFL team stinks, and it's only week four. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the idiot who watched every play of the Bears offense this week. And with me, as always, is AJ Rashad Bateman Batman Returns, Marchese. I'm uh, I'm legit excited. I mean, the Ravens offense has been fun but weird. I, I want to see him slot in, especially after Hollywood dropped 25 passes this week. Yeah, great for me. Just another AFC North rookie to be better than the ones on, on the Steelers. Today, uh, yep. we're, we're breaking down the NFL rookies who cooked and those who need more seasoning from week three in the NFL. Let's it Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven. With my lady driving out to Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Have you ever sat down and wondered which NFL player would be each character in the Venom cinematic universe? AJ, have you? It's Honestly, it's all I think about. And that's why you've started your own Spotify Green Room based on this concept. Because uh, Spotify Green Room, it might be specifically for live audio only sports talk, but sometimes sports get into pop culture. Have you ever heard of a little something called The Ringer? That's what AJ is doing. Essentially, it's just Ringer content on Spotify Green Room. Um, because it's free to download and to use, where you can talk to AJ, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Like, AJ, which NFL player's Carnage? Uh, I was going to ask you who you think I'm going to put for Carnage. That's, a, that's an even better question. Because um, I can't spoil it. Like I, I, I'm going to just give you a little taste of it, but I can't spoil it. you got to listen. That's, that's why I've started my own Spotify green room where I predict what you're going to say mm-hmm. is on your Venom Carnage so, so now you're gonna bad. you throw it back on me to ask me what I think you're gonna say that I think who's gonna be Carnage, and the answer um, is Jalen Ramsey, obviously. Jalen Ramsey, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, join the group, and be notified when the people you follow go live. Bring your most venomous takes. Sick. It's a little, little money in my pocket from Fox <laughs> for promoting Venom vs. Carnage. Not so bad. Uh, week 3 rookie superlatives. There was a lot of carnage in week 3 when it came to rookies. Am I right, AJ? Uh, yeah. Sure, man. Whatever you say. How much did you get for that one? <laughs> uh, anytime I mention a, uh, a symbiote from the Spider-Man universe, I get $5 from Fox. <laughs> um, uh, hey, the one unfortunate carnage. I just want to mention it. J.C. Horn. Uh, looking like yeah. he's gonna miss a lot of time, and he was he's having a great game Thursday night before the the foot injury. And and like I said last week, he was my one of my defensive rookies of the week last week. So it really does suck. Um, I I, I would say pot like just to spin it positively, guys bounce back from broken. Mm-hmm. I know he broke a, a, a couple uh, bones in his foot, but that's easier to bounce back from than say like the damage, injury, right? So yeah, yeah. So I guess if we're looking for a positive spin. Uh, but, yeah, it sucks that we lose one of our favorite defensive rookies uh, in J.C. Horn as we're getting one of our favorite offensive rookies in Rashad Bateman back. Why can't everyone just be healthy? Yeah, I've always wondered that. Like, why does the NFL even – like, why are injuries allowed, Rob? It's stupid. That's why if you bond with a symbiote, you don't get injured. <laughs> Maybe Trevor Lawrence should look into doing that. Am I right, AJ? Uh, Uh, Rookie QB rundown. Uh, Okay, week one, all the rookie first-round quarterbacks scored touchdowns. Week two, they were all pretty bad. Week three, they were all horrible. Didn't Eddie Brock play quarterback, too? No, Flash Thompson did. Oh, Flash Thompson, right. I always mix up Eddie and Flash. Yes. It's because they've both been Venom. They've both been Venom. Correct. Right. Uh, why didn't Peter play quarterback? Because he didn't want to give up his identity. Anyways, did Trevor Lawrence give up his identity? Is he actually a bust? Some might say on Twitter, I guess. Uh, let's talk about Lawrence's performance against the vaunted Arizona Cardinals, the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. Um, right away, right off the bat for Trevor Lawrence. Instant miscommunication with Marvin Jones. Uh, Lawrence nearly throws an interception. Uh, it's like right at a defender's feet. I don't know what's going on there. So uh, it didn't start too hot. By the way, by the way, after that, the ensuing punt, I wanted to bring this up because um, it was the weird rookie play of the week. Um, maybe that and then the Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Waddle. Um, <laughs> fucking safety. But anyways, this one, Rondell Moore waiting for the punt. He muffs it. I think it hit like his toe. Uh, the Cardinals got the ball back, but the reason he muffed it, if you didn't see this, the referee hit the ball with a flag. Threw the fa- flag, hit the ball on its way down, and it changed the spin enough to fuck Rondell up. And it was really weird. And like I don't think they mentioned it on the broadcast, but I saw someone mention it on Twitter, and it was strange. Anyways, that, anyways after that, Lawrence wasn't that bad uh, right after that. Uh, flashed some nice like off-platform throws. Um, one like, off the back foot. One one stepping up in the pocket and kind of just ripped it. Um, then he put like a sick move on a defender on a run. They were moving him around a little bit. Um, they, they had a decent drive. And then he got into the red zone and threw the interception, which in no way 
absolutely no way it was Trevor Lawrence's fault because Jacob Hollister just just fucking chunked it. I don't know what he was doing. He kind of like jumped when he didn't have to and like just plumped it up right into Byron Murphy's hands. That was ridiculous. Um, but like like so that one was ridiculous. But like there's a couple interceptions that should have been that didn't happen. Um, like another one went off right off of DB's hands. Lawrence got crushed on the throw. The ball just sailed. So also like hard to blame him there too. But just making a lot of turnover turnover worthy throws. Um, then again, two minute drill. He led a nice one. Dink and dunk a little bit. Uh, one nice rip to Marvin Jones over the middle. And then the, then it ends in the best play of the day uh, for him. The Chark touchdown, which was a great throw. It was an absolute missile, but has some arc on it still. Like it was showing off Lawrence's arm. Uh, talent um it went op- up and over a defender um it was the best throw of the day for sh- for sure for lawrence maybe maybe for anyone on that in that game uh then we got the Agnew kick six then <laughs> the second half they put another touchdown draft together where they just leaned on james robinson which was nice to see because we haven't seen that at all in this in this jaguars offense and then those two touchdowns they mixed but they missed both extra points they're up 19 to 10 with three minutes left in the third. And by the time the fourth quarter started, they were down 24 to 19. Just completely collapsed right there. Cause that was when uh, Lawrence threw the pick six. It was fucking terrible. He, it was a flea flicker that was kind of like set up as a stretch. Uh, tossed it back to Lawrence right away. Um, uh, JJ Watt was in his face. And the design was kind of like a, a tight end kind of leak play. And uh, he just tossed it up to the tight end. And it was uh, terribly underthrown. Byron Murphy again was sitting on the ball, and he housed it, and that was that was it. Like late in the fourth quarter, like Lawrence, um, oh yeah, then Lawrence fumbled when he wind up to throw, and Robinson just like stepped up to pick up a blitz, and the ball hit him in the helmet, and it just forced him to fumble. That was ridiculous. He fumbled at, at, on the last play of the game, which was a sack fumble. Um, some most of his yards, honestly, like I, I think he probably had like one. 80 ish and then the back the back 50 came on like just easy yards and garbage time uh one was like a nifty throw to chark but like that's really it i think i think the point go ahead yeah you can do a whole half an hour on every play trevor lawrence yeah no i'm done hold on i just wanted to summarize this (laughs) the offense i'm gonna do a whole lot less on the my rookie quarter that's fine that's fine lawrence is the guy i gotta give him some some I don't know. I think okay. The offense isn't creative. We've we've noticed this. Just a lot of straight dropbacks, and it's just asking so much of Trevor Lawrence. And I don't know how they didn't come okay. out running the ball more because they saw the Cards' run defense get gashed last week by Dalvin Cook, and they were running it well for a little bit there. And then you know they could run play action. I don't know. They don't use any of that. Um, go ahead, yeah. My question to you is: uh, I mentioned last week how with uh, when I did the Trevor Lawrence Jags game. There was a, a big lack of play action pass. Was was there much of that at all this week? No, or it sounds like no. No, like and then like they came out. Uh, I think they ran it twice. Like it was three and out right away, um, and then they got the run going in the second quarter, and like this game was like they were winning at the, almost at the end of the third quarter, and they just I don't know they went away from it. They didn't do the play action much. They moved them a little bit early in the game, off the spot. Uh, just really inconsistent though and um by the way on this topic they don't use Cheneau uh creatively at all and by the way I guarantee they had no plan for Travis Etienne they they when he comes back they're not yeah, gonna, they're they, not gonna but use they him wanted Kadarius Tony AJ <sighs> stupid I yeah I don't I think this is 
a disaster. I don't know. Uh, here, summarize his, his stats here. Twenty. It, it doesn't look terrible. 22 of 34, 219 yards. Like I said, a lot of that came on that last garbage time drive. Touchdown, the two picks, and it ran for 27 yards. I. Yeah, I don't know. He, I think he's trying to push the ball downfield a lot, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a bad play calling too, though, I think. Uh, okay, moving on. 20, 20 good minutes on T-Law. Uh, here's, here's 30 seconds on Zach Wilson. He's bad. He's bad. Um, obviously, last week he threw four picks. This week he cut that down to two. Good work. Uh, but they just – they had no real drives, it felt like, um, that, that were worth anything. Early on they had this very slow-paced drive that was was built around um, a lot of short throws, and that was mm-hmm. by far Zach Wilson's best drive. Uh, it was like a lot – like we're featuring Tyler Croft. We're throwing slants to Corey Davis. Uh, Elijah Moore was getting involved. Um, but they that, even that drive, they ended up punting. They got, they got to uh, the Denver 38, then got it called on a penalty and ended up punting from the 43. Um other than that, there it was like a fuck ton of three and outs. Uh, sometimes they get one first down and then just then they burn through three downs and then punt. But uh, overall, his first pick was to Justin Simmons, where it was um, Corey Corey Davis was like very blanketed, like doubled, and Justin Simmons just stared at Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson stared at him although the sun looked like it could have been Zach Wilson's eyes and Zach Wilson threw <laughs> directly to Justin Simmons and then later in, later in the game uh, on their final drive he just scrambling around under pressure floated one straight to Caden Stearns who didn't seem to have a jet within 10 yards of him little rookie on rookie crime um, Zach Wilson just looks so uncomfortable in the pocket um, and, and, and it wasn't for lack of like they they like really leaned on Zach Wilson because they were down so much so quickly like they were instantly down ten nothing Broncos the Broncos uh, defense was phenomenal Patrick Sertain was awesome, um, but like their their offensive line isn't great and it didn't play horrible like Zach Wilson was worse than the offensive line I guess is my point they never really tried to build a run game because they were, again they were down so quickly. Uh, which doesn't help when you're running that Shanahan-type system that is kind of built around uh, slashing and gashing you and then incorporating the play-action pass. They It was they were just, I don't know, it, it's a lot of nothing. It's like it, I watched some of the worst offenses I've ever seen in the NFL this week. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like, and uh, just to point out, because the, they do play a lot of rookies, like Elijah Vera Tucker, I'm, I don't, I didn't have him anywhere, but like he didn't play poorly, like he was fine. Michael Carter didn't have a ton of opportunity. I'd like to see him be involved a lot more, more on that in a bit. Uh, like Elijah Moore isn't really doing anything, mm-hmm. um, but again, like Zach Wilson's not doing anything, and it all comes down to Zach Wilson. He just, he seems so, like. Lack, he almost had a lack of awareness on the field. I don't know. I almost feel like um, he went out there week one, threw a bunch of picks. I mean, he kept doing it. I almost feel like the confidence just kind of just has been zapped from him. And it, it's not like I'm sitting down and listening to his press conferences and seeing how he speaks. It's not like I'm anal- analyzing that deeply. But on the field, I just feel like he's lost a lot of his confidence. Um, 
And like you'll see glimpses of it, and then it'll just be a terrible interception. And then I like I understand well, why he's he's. And, that's just what I feel like, yeah. And, and like, uh, so the the Broncos won twenty six nothing, and like the Jets defense, I thought played a good game given the circumstances. Like, the Broncos didn't really build much of a run game. Like Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon didn't do much. Teddy Teddy, it wasn't like he wasn't like hitting big big plays or anything. Um, like. The Quentin and Quincy Williams both played phenomenally. Quincy Williams just needs to play with his brother, it turned out. <laughs> um But like, yeah, I don't know. This like I, I I see the vision for Robert Sala's defense. Um but if Zach Wilson's just gonna be sitting back there and throwing pick after pick, I don't I don't know how they're gonna win a game. Cause they, they don't have any like Corey Davis is by far, I think, by far with especially with Beckton out, by far the best offensive player. And if he doesn't have a quarterback who can get him the ball, and there's not really a clear wide receiver to take pressure off him, uh, and there's just zero run game at this point, I don't I don't know what they're gonna do. But I digress. Let's move on. Trey Lance, who AJ, did you see that he scored a touchdown? That was pretty Trey sick. Lance is the best rookie quarterback. He is. He doesn't because he's not doesn't have to do anything. It's sweet. Yeah. So Trey Lance had his one um, QB sweep. That he ran in for a touchdown against the Packers. Other than that, uh, we didn't see much of him. Trent, uh, of Trent Williams murdered Eric Stokes, which was fun. And, and Alex Mack made an incredible block. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think like when do you think we see Trey Lance start a game before the bye week? No, I, I don't. think they're bye weeks week six, so we're already halfway there. It's early. Yeah, no, I don't think it's happening. Um, you, I mean, okay, we, we what, were calling what? for Lance during the game, and it looked like they should have went to him. And I understand, like, obviously, it, the fact that they almost won, they sh- should have won, uh, I think that's even more of a fact that they're not going to Lance. Um. So do you, do you think Trey Lance starts a game before week 12? I, he should. I don't know if he will. Uh, well, the thing is, like, Jimmy G, um, like, I think leading that, like, in, in theory, if the Packers weren't amazing, Jimmy G won that game. So I feel like that guarantees him past the bye week at this point, unless he's just starts playing horrendously. Like, he didn't play that well in this game. But, like, again, he didn't lose them the game, and I think that's all he needs to do is not lose them the games. Lucky for him, he, they have the Seahawks this week, and their defense has been disastrous. So, it's going to make Jimmy look even so. better. Okay. Trey Lance, over under week 12 and a half for his first start. Uh, I'll say under, but that's that's just me hoping. Okay. Uh, well, a, a rookie quarterback who got his first start uh, this week, Justin Fields, with Andy Dalton hurt. Justin Fields got the start against the against the Browns, and uh, oh my God, I just wanted to claw my own eyes out. The Browns won twenty six six. Miles Garrett spent most of the game, like not even getting touched by Jason <sighs> Peters on his way oh, to sacking man. Justin Fields. Fields got sacked nine times. Went 6 of 20 for 68 yards. Three carries for 12 yards. Matt Nagy refused to shape his game plan to Justin Fields' skill set. Like, I, I, I'm obviously going to be a bit of a Justin Fields apologist because I, I think Justin Fields is great. I am an Ohio State fan. All that jazz. But in Justin Fields' defense, that offensive line was 
arguably the worst offensive line I think I've ever seen. At one point, Jason Peters tried to, I guess, he was trying to cut block Miles Garrett, and he just ended up rolling on the ground as Miles Garrett got a sack. Miles Garrett had, I think he only had only had four and a half sacks, but he should have had like six. Uh, he helped J.D. Clowney get a couple. Um, he had a handful of pressures. He was lining up inside at some points too and just cooking Cody Whitehair. Um, and in terms of what Matt Nagy did with Justin Fields is he called the game for Andy Dalton, but he had Justin Fields operating at quarterback behind an offensive line that couldn't move. They did not use Justin Fields' athleticism whatsoever. It was insanity. They did not move the pocket. They did not like they didn't run zone reads. They didn't and not to say Justin Fields is just a running quarterback, but when you've got that in your back pocket and your offensive line is this bad, I don't understand why you're not using his legs to supplement the run game that just couldn't get going because the Browns would just stack the box. Um and then then like there was zero play action pass really. Justin Fields like it's hard to even say he looks shook because it's hard to just be shook when you're under pressure because he was just getting sacked instantly. Like he, he wasn't having more than one, a, a second and a half in the pocket. Um, so to me, you throw this game out the window, uh, but also you, you in, in the back of your mind, you're worried that Matt Nagy's such an idiot. He could, uh, he could really ruin Justin Fields. Like I've never been so floored by a, the lack of awareness on Matt Nagy's play calling given the circumstances going into the game and then just based on how the game was was like going. Uh, Andy Dalton might be back this week and it's sounding like Nagy's going to go back to him. Yeah, I'm not shocked. Um, honestly, if Matt Nagy's going to do what he's doing when Justin Fields is in the game, I, I don't want Justin Fields on the field. Uh, like he doesn't, yeah. I don't want him getting fucking killed and just not being given any opportunity to be a playmaker. I'll like, th- yeah. just let him sit on the bench until Matt Nagy's fired week 12, and, and then we'll see. I'll throw two uh, stats out here from Fields. Um, so 11 sacks. He's, he's been sacked 11 times through his minimal playing time. He only has 14 completions, okay? Um, now, this one is a little more trying, and I'm not, I'm not putting this on, on Fields. This is just a stat. Seven of his sacks have come after holding the ball for four and a half seconds or more. That's a that's a little bit of an indicator, but that might just be. I'm, I'm, I didn't watch the game. That might just be him, you know, getting blitzed instantly, trying to create, and ended up having to go down. Right? Like when we say quarterback uh, that, sacks are a quarterback stat, it, it's a, a little misleading. It's both, you know. And by the way, for the record, uh, Zach Wilson has eight of those sacks after four and a half seconds. I think his are kind of similar. <laughs> Um, just to add in, the Browns were blitzing, like, uh, Jock, who I'll talk about in a bit, mm-hmm. uh, look at bl- Ronnie Harrison got a big sack. Um, the Browns, the Browns didn't need to be blitzing, but when they <laughs> did, it was effective as well. But uh, what I saw from Miles Garrett was just, if I had to predict right now, like, Miles Garrett's going to be defensive player of the year, just based on, solely just based on this game. It was incredible what he was doing. Like, the, he was out of his stance past Jason Peters before Peters was out of his. Like, also, Jason Peters is 39 yeah. years old and shouldn't be playing. And this also comes back to fucking what Ryan Pace did. Cutting Charles Leno, putting everything on Tevin Jenkins' plate, who then had back surgery before the year. Like, their whole offensive line hopes was was tied to a rookie second-round pick who we loved Tevin Jenkins, 
But I don't know why drafting Tevin Jenkins meant you had to move on from Charles Leno. Who's who's been solid for Washington? Uh, I mean, especially considering they could have just played him at right tackle, Jenkins. That is, his natural position. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, anyway, I, I'm I'm pissed off. Throw this game out. Let's hear about Mac Jones, AJ. Yeah. Um. Look, remember last week I said I can't wait until we see when Mac Jones is behind in a game has to throw a lot. We got that this week, and it was kind of fun to watch. Uh, throw the stats out. 30 of 51 attempts for Mac Jones. 270 yards, one touchdown, three picks. Um, first of all, the Saints were just so ready for the Patriot run game and the screen game, and that's what they've been working off of. Um, that forced Mac to throw it. And his average depth of target, um, he, he had like an average of 5.5. I think it was 6.5 and 4.5 and and the first two weeks. Uh, jumped all the way up to 11.1 this week. So we actually started seeing Mac Jones push the ball down the field. Um, and I just because I, I, I could do a whole long spiel, but to summarize, um, intermediately, I, I think Mac Jones showed that he can throw some intermediate balls. Like, um, he ripped a couple impressive ones, a couple were dropped. Um, but I think you saw that. Um, deep balls, no go, no go for Mac Jones right now. Uh, the first two of the game actually were, were down to the left sideline, he had them. Uh, overthrew them. Not easy throws, but he had them. Um, then, like, the Saints just kind of, like, started pinning their ears back because they shut down the run, they shut down the screen, and they kind of just gave up on the screen and stuff. They just started pressuring him. And I feel like Mac Jones is struggling navigating the pocket at times and just, like, finding himself in the muck. And first imp- interception, he got hit as he threw it, and it was just a really easy interception. Um, so it's hard to blame Mac when you're getting hit when you throw, but I felt like he had space to kind of just maneuvering the pocket and finding his own passing lane. And I just feel like he didn't do that well. Um, he took a couple like really brutal sacks later in the game too. Like passing, you know, just he tried to make a miss and it was just a really poor effort. <laughs> he looked extremely slow. Um, and then we had the Jonu Smith interception, which was right to start the second half. Um, the throw was like very, very slightly out of reach. And then Jonu just completely misplayed it. It was honestly hilarious. He just contorted his body weird. It hit him in the hands, and he just popped right up into Malcolm Jenkins' hands, and he housed it himself. Um, And I thought, like, Jones got into a pretty decent rhythm. He was hitting that intermediate stuff, like I said earlier. Um, And, like, he hasn't been doing that the first two games. So I think that is really promising. But then it's just nothing deep. It's... it's, uh, It was one Aguilar, wide open-ish, in the middle of the field, open for the NFL. Um... Just kind of miscommunicated it and threw it in the middle of the field. Missed another one on a deep throw that on the left sideline that should have been a touchdown. Um, and then his actual touchdown throw, he just he just chucked it up off his back foot, getting blitzed. Uh, Kendrick Bourne came back and snagged it and stayed in bounds and really nice play, stay in bounds and, and tiptoed to the pylon. Um, so like I don't know, it wasn't really a good throw or anything. And then the last interception was easily the worst. Was I, I don't know? They were trying to score at the end. It was the last play of the game. Um, the ball was just way behind the wide receiver. It was a brutal throw. It was wobbly. It was terrible. Um, and before that, he should have thrown a pick too. Um, so, so I think opening up the intermediate stuff is really good. Good luck for Mac Jones. The deep stuff not being there at all isn't surprising at this point, uh, but it's concerning. But yeah, overall, not not a great game. But I think he might be the best rookie quarterback. So, <laughs> uh, okay, I was gonna ask you. Are we sure it's not Davis Mills? Who <laughs> was the first rookie quarterback we watched in week three? And 
I mean, on paper, had the best game. Now, was was Davis Mills good? No, not at all. Other than that, okay, the the touchdown drive before half was like actually nice. Um, I don't know, like, did okay. I guess my main question coming off Thursday night football, Davis Mills, uh, n- not making the Texans competitive, but throwing for one sixty eight and a touchdown. Uh, do you think Davis Mills is going to be a long term backup? Long term backup? Yeah, did sure. See, yeah, yeah. Did you? Yeah. Did you see enough from him to to think he'll stick around in the league for five plus years as a backup? Yeah, I think so. It was boring as hell. I think. He was the most boring rookie quarterback, but, he, you know, he didn't throw a yeah. pick. Um, yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, look, Davis Mills, obviously, we if you listen to the show, you, or if you just watch College Football, you know what a weird collegiate career he has. So, like, this is, it's like, getting thrown into the fire like this um, and not looking absolutely brutal, I think is, is kind of a, like, you know, an impressive thing from Davis Mills. And I think, and, I definitely think he's talented enough. Yeah, go ahead, sorry. And the Texans couldn't run the ball no. in this game either, so there's a lot on his shoulders. Um, by no means do I think he played that well, but yeah, no. he—I mean, given the circumstances, he was—he was getting my boy Brandon Cooks plenty of touches, which made me happy. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's not a lot to take away from this. Davis Mills is super boring. Yes. He didn't like. He's not going to turn really turn the ball over. He's not taking very many risks. If a guy's open, he'll hit him. Um, he's he didn't really push the ball downfield uh, beyond like 15 yards, um, but he did look good on that that uh, touchdown drive before the half. Yeah, no, I, honestly, I think a lot of these rookies have looked their best in two minute drills. I, I found so far, and just up tempo stuff, and just getting the ball in their hands quick. And it makes me wonder why, if the coaches are noticing these things, why aren't they kind of just letting them? do that a little bit more I, well because the coaches are bad for the most like david cully matt nagy cully cully um, the least of like Urban i don't admire yeah yes sorry uh, cully i'm not even putting that on his like he was in a tough spot with a terrible football team you know what i mean like it's the other cully ones though cully opted to punt over a third and ten last week so i don't know i respect it david cully loves to punt it's I mean, it's really good for Cameron Johnson owners in fantasy punter leagues. He's punter two. He's not even punter one. Uh, okay, that's enough quarterback talk. I, I, I think you're – who – is Mac Jones actually the best – Trey Lance the best quarterback. The man just only scores touchdowns when he's in the game. Yeah. The second best, Mac Jones? Yeah. Because I mean, right now who's playing the second best? Yeah, it's Mac Jones. Okay. I, I can tell you Zach Wilson's the worst. Yeah, and then Lawrence in between. And Justin Field just needs a better opportunity. Too, too early. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, let's be positive. Rookie of the week, offense. Who you got? Yeah, I don't have any like glimmering, shining performances from any skill dudes. And obviously the court. I thought we'd have quarterbacks here like every week, and they've been such a disappointment. But uh, I'm going to go with the AFC West offensive lineman, and I'm going to combo this between Rashawn Slander and uh, Creed Humphrey. Slater's an easy choice. I feel like you could slide him in here every week because he's just so fucking lock solid. I, well, we have. We That's three weeks in a row he's been crowned one of our Offensive Rookie of the Week. I don't think he gave up a single pressure. I don't. I didn't pull up the stats, but just watching the game, I don't think he gave up any pressures. And he's just so balanced per usual. Uh, solid in the run also by my eyes. 
just clean, just really, really clean. And that means so much for this Chargers team, especially when they're going into uh, Arrowhead and upsetting the Chiefs. On the flip side, I did think Creed Humphrey played a really, really good game. I think he's been good the first three weeks, too. Um, I, honestly, I feel like when the pressures have come, it's it hasn't been Humphrey or Smith as much, just watching the games live. I, I feel like uh, uh, Andrews hasn't been as, as good. Uh, to, uh, Tooney. Um, but yeah, Humphrey, I thought he played a really nice game. Really nice in pass pro. Decent, solid in the run, not as good. But he's been really solid to start his career. I think that's, that's promising as hell for the Chiefs. Yeah, when uh, I, I was trying to find him somewhere to put him last week, even though uh, mm-hmm. they lost to the Ravens, but uh, like he played a pretty good game. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, my, mine's Jamar Chase. Five targets, four catches, 65 yards, two touchdowns against the Steelers. Um, his first touchdown was that 34-yard deep ball from Burrow left sideline where he had a one-on-one with James Pierre and Pierre actually had what looked like good coverage for the first 20 yards of that route on the, on the deep route. Um, and then as Chase kind of hit the five yard line, he found an extra like gear and he did a phenomenal job tracking that ball. Like if you, if you watch it, that's a, I, I know it hits him in the hands, but that's a tough grab to make. And it's all hands, like no body whatsoever. Right. Um, and took him right in the end zone. And then the other touchdown was just like, it was kind of sad. It was him one-on-one with Joe Hayden from uh, the nine. And he uh, he threw a like a, an outside stem. Had Joe Hayden completely turned the wrong way. Cut inside. And it was just like an easy money touchdown. Burrow even threw it a little late to him. But yeah, it was just both touchdowns. Uh, I mean, they highlighted different skills he has. One one being the explosiveness on the deep ball. And the other being an understanding of how to create separation through uh, routes um, on, on the second touchdown. Uh, so now four touchdowns in three NFL games. His other two grabs in the game, one was just like a quick slam for like five yards, and the other was a, a, a nice out for a first down. But um, high-impact plays when Jamar Chase was involved. Do we have to give the Bengals some credit for seeing that Burrow-Chase matchup um, combination? And LSU, seeing all the magical deep throws that they always came together on, saying, let's do that, we want that, fuck Panay <laughs> And it's, it's paid off the first three weeks. They keep hitting on the deep balls. It's, it's been a deep touchdown... Uh, all three weeks. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, Jackson Carmen started this game, and he wasn't a complete liability. Wow. And uh, he was playing guard. And, uh, I mean, the Steelers were essentially without four starters in, in their uh, from their D-line edge. But, uh, hey, Jackson Carmen, he held up. It's about time that you're defensive rookie of the week. Yeah, uh, I'm going back to the well. Uh he had the flashiest play for any defensive rookie this week. Asante Samuel Jr., uh, he just keeps making plays, man. The interception was unreal. Mahomes overthrew his receiver by trying to do a stupid no-look pass for no reason again. The receiver was wide open. Um, but it went off the receiver's hands, and... Hello? 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 Can you hear me? I can now. You just, like, fully cut out, though. Oh, okay. Um... I was mid-spiel, but okay, I'll do this. What's the last thing you heard? Uh, I, d- I don't know who your rookie is. Okay, I'll start from the top then. Try to remember how I intro this. 
Okay. Going back to the well, and uh, I, I think he made the flashiest, most impressive play for any defensive uh, rookie here. Sante Samuel Jr., because he just keeps on making plays, man. Uh, the interception, it was just unreal. Mahomes uh, just overthrew his receiver. He's trying to do a stupid no-look pass like he always does. There was no reason for it because the wide receiver was wide open. Went off the receiver's hands. Uh, Samuel just ran and dove and brought it down mid-air, and it was just uh, unreal. Uh, the rest of the day, I-, I thought he was just really solid in coverage. Didn't give up anything big, which in itself is a win for him against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um he hasn't given up a touchdown in coverage yet this year. He's given up some dinky stuff, I feel like. Uh, but he's been great. He's been really, really great overall. And he's getting the turnovers, which is just going to make you uh, get all the love. Um, can I just say, I, I, I just stumbled onto a PFF top 15 highest graded rookies yep. through week three. Yep. Mac Jones is graded above Rashawn Slater. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's PFF, man. I so like I don't know if you know, but like they do a thing where like they they do a first watch thing, and then it's like they gotta count it after review. And I find those things to be pretty inaccurate. Uh, That's not shitting on PFF. They just made a big deal. They're gonna do soccer, Rob. But yeah, some of the grades are a little I don't know. Some of the grades are a little wonky. Very interesting. Uh, anyway, my defensive rookie of the week. I got finally got to watch uh, my boy Jock Jeremiah Usukoromoa, yeah, the Browns linebacker. Game. Holy moly, he is good at football, just just as we'd suspected. Um, he ended up with four tackles, a TFL, uh, a half a sack, uh, another QB hit, and broke up two passes. Only played 51% of the snaps and was putting in work. So the TFL came where he uh, it was like an outside zone run, and he just, the, the offensive lineman had like had Jock in his sights, and he just blew by him, just undercut him, blew by him, TFL. Uh, the sack, it was like kind of same thing. He's kind of untouched, but he just exploded. He, like the athleticism is so obvious. Mm-hmm. But my my main reason he is here is for what he was doing in coverage against the Bears. Um, the two bat pass breakups, he 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 just blankets tight ends. He, I mean, they were playing him in space. They had him play uh, over the slot a couple times. Um, they had a man up on running backs. Like he just, it was incredible what he was doing in coverage in. Not just having the athleticism to uh, cover these guys, but to locate football and, and, and cause those pass breakups. Um, the, uh, the the numbers were five targets, gave up just one catch, and it, it, with the two pass breakups, like he was his inst, instant like um, uh, 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 what is this word AJ? Impact? Change Side. of direction? I don't no. know. Acceleration? Change of direction. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just impressed you got that. His, like, his ability to change direction instantly is incredible. At one point, he was lined up uh, at, at Mike, and he, he started flying to the left sideline to cover running back. And as he's doing that, he sees that Fields' eyes are going to the tight end uh, over the middle, um, and he just cuts back instantly and breaks up the pass with ease. Like It, it was just... I don't know. It blows me away. He a uh, linebacker has that type of athleticism. Uh, he was awesome. So that that's my definite pick. I I hope we see more snaps from him because like I said, fifty one percent of the snaps, which is still a good chunk. This was the most he uh, played too. I think right. Yeah, yeah. It's a good chunk for a rookie linebacker. But I, I'm just expecting us to see more and more because uh, he has been awesome. Um, and 
he he's their best linebacker immediately. Uh, speaking of best, who's worse? <clears throat> That's the opposite. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't mean to pick on this guy. I think we have already. Uh, I went back to Diamadori Lenoir for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. I first of all, he had the spotlight on him. He was in Sunday Night Football in a close game, and I just thought he was picked on in stretches of that game. Um, and it was always in those big plays or in crucial moments that he kind of got worked. And the one, the one big one was um, the the touchdown to MVS, where he just was completely out of position in zone, uh, completely lost position on MVS, and was kind of just leaping and flailing as Rodgers dropped that over him. <laughs> he didn't have a shot at it, and uh, MVS caught the touchdown. Uh, and classically, not surprisingly, um, Devontae Adams was giving him the business often, and I just feel like most of the big plays of the game went against Lenoir. Um, he got called for a pass interference too, which I thought was a soft call, but he got called for it nonetheless. And, I mean, it's asking so much of him to be playing this much, um, especially, you know, matching up on, on against that Packers passing attack. Um, so it's like I don't want to crush him for it. But just, just again, it's, hey, we're making a show here, Rob, so I, I got to – Guys in the spotlight, I gotta kind of put them here. Yeah, felt feels like a layup to just pick a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, kind of often does. Uh, I'll stick because I'm doing so much AFC North talk already. Uh, a Bengal and a Brown for my rookies of the week. So how about a Steelers for my worst? Oh man, um, Kendrick Green, the Steelers rookie center, third round pick. Um, the whole offensive line played poorly, but. Kendrick Green has really stood out, especially because Dan Moore's playing better than him. Um, the day three left tackle of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who is a rookie. Um, Green just cannot get any push in the run game. The offensive line as a whole, like Najee Harris, once again, had a low-impact rushing game because he's just getting hit instantly. Uh, but Kendrick Green, a guy who you're excited about what he was going to do, more specifically in the run game than, like, his struggles were more noticeable Mm -hmm. in in pass protection just because of a lack of length, because um, his anchor could be a little inconsistent. You could kind of get him going in a one-on-one bowl. But uh, it's been been the run game that's scaring me, especially because there was already so much put on his shoulders – Replacing Marquise Pouncey, the history of the Steelers centers, uh, wearing that 53, and having this offensive line that is just bad in general, and then needing him to be an instant impact high-end center, and it's just not happening, no push. could The, the Bengals have a, they've invested in their defensive line, yeah. and it, it, at least against a horrible offensive line like Pittsburgh, it really paid off. Like He was having trouble moving guys like DJ Reader, guys like Larry Ogunjobi, um, and well, the tackles also struggled with Hendrickson and Hubbard, but uh, I don't know. It's just it's been very down through three games. I thought week two was like I thought week one was pretty. Eh, it's his first start. It's not very good, but it's whatever. Week two, I was like it, it was less of an issue, but then I think this was his worst worst game. The Bengals' defensive line has been good. And from from first gecko uh, week one against the Vikings too, uh, they've they've been pretty impressive. Um, so yeah, tough matchup for Green, but uh, I know I think we were, we were obviously both big fans of his and uh, not not great. 
Um, and and it, mm-hmm. it, it, especially, we like the fit. We like need. Yeah. We like the history of the Steelers centers. Like it just felt like a big deal when Kendrick Green ended up there. And it, and to expect a third round rookie to carry an mm-hmm. offensive line and a guy who he played more more guard really than center at, at Illinois. Yeah. Um. So I think the expectations were too high, and now it's just not going well. But nothing's going well on that offense really outside of Chase Claypool right now. So. Uh, Canadians are always the best. Primetime star. Yeah, I, I was down on a Pac-12 uh, player. I'm going, I'm going up on a Pac-12 player. Uh, one of my one of my favorite guys from the draft, and you compared to you at least, Osa Odigazua, who had a monster game Monday Night Football against the Eagles. So, mm-hmm. I was gonna. I, I want. I, I considered putting him for looks like a miss because I was too low on him. But I I put him and Micah Parsons here because they were just both. They were dominating the Eagles' offensive line. Yeah, Mike Parsons is lame. Who cares about Michael Parsons? Everyone's talking about Michael Parsons. I want to talk about Oso Digazua. Yeah. He, Oso, Oso was amazing. Yeah, he was, man. Like, uh, throw the stats out because the stats look good, too. Four tackles, uh, a sack and a half, maybe even two. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, a TFL, uh, obviously a couple hits. Uh, cooked Landon Dirkerson with a swim move. Uh, killed Hurts on his first sack. Uh, got another nice pressure on, on Hertz. Uh, got a piece of him on the big Watkins play late, but like also like kind of like clothesline him was kind of awesome. Uh, the late fourth down sack, uh, he was the first man there. I think that's where he got the half a sack. Uh, had a few other pressures. Uh, one on <laughs> where Gainwell give Parsons the, rain, the the rib shot and he missed a couple plays. Uh, Osa was just right there in, in Hertz's face. It felt constant and just hustle and explosion. It was really impressive. Uh, and then two of his tackles were just pure hustle plays. We're just making plays on screens from behind, where he's just busting his ass downfield and off of the middle of the of the of the field. And I thought that was really impressive. And it just from from the get go, just they're, on fire. His playing playing with his head on fire and just looking great. They're they're doing an awesome job, and unsurprisingly, because Dan Quinn's the defensive coordinator, they're doing an awesome job of utilizing him as that kind of just that gap shooting, penetrating mm-hmm. three tech right now. And just taking advantage of, although we lack size, the quickness. And he plays with incredible leverage. That was kind of the biggest positive with him coming to UCLA, I thought. And they're just doing an awesome job of deploying him. And I'm just going to talk about Micah Parsons real quick. Um, His move to edge is really paying off because he's a fantastic edge. And I don't know if that creates the question, should this just be his home? Because that's a more important position than off-ball linebacker. But... uh, that's a question for a later date. Right now, he has been phenomenal through two weeks. He he, I, I talked about him last week dominating the Chargers right tackle. Well, he dominated a higher end right tackle this week in Lane Johnson. Mm-hmm. He he was giving Lane Johnson hell, and I know Lane Johnson just not the same player he used to be, but fuck, Michael Parsons' explosiveness and ability, like he he's a very bendy, like he can get under tackles, and he's not the biggest guy, but that doesn't really. It, 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 compared to most edge rushers, like he's like two thirty five, but it doesn't like he's not getting bullied by any means. He's no. strong as hell. It's, it's the leverage, uh, and he he pl- both of them play so freaking hard. It's it's really fun to watch them both. Yeah, I think I think that conversation about uh, whether he stays at edge or stays at linebacker, uh, I think that's gonna be a big conversation. And I I think the remedy is using him wherever you need him, uh, play to play, right. Yeah, no, for sure. Because he's handling – if he can handle it, like, I mean, obviously it's not play-to-play, but if he can handle it this early in his career where he made a position switch after week one, 
then I, I think down the line he's going to have no problem uh, rushing the passer on, on third down or you know playing playing regular inside linebacker on first. Like I think he's going to be able to handle it uh, with ease. Uh, okay, underwhelming performance. Yeah, so I had him. I think defense rookie of the week. Uh, the first two weeks, so the the expectations were high for Odafe Owe, and uh, he was bound to slow down. But this week, with with the injuries at pass rusher for the Ravens, uh, they needed him to not slow down. And on paper, four tackles. He had a QB head. It was not a bad game uh, by any stretch. Uh, but you look at the matchup too. It was favorable for for him. Uh, you got Sue on one side. You got whoever the right tackle is on the other side. It was an easy matchup. And I thought it's uh, it's Nelson from Iowa, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> he's not very good. No, he's really bad. That's why I didn't want it. Uh, I thought I thought Sewell handled him pretty good. Um, like I said, not a bad game, and he's off to an awesome start. But uh, the Ravens as a whole only got two sacks on Jared Goff, and they both came from the secondary. And obviously that was a close game. They needed just literally close at the end where Justin Tucker hit the greatest kick of all time to win the game. Uh, so they, they just needed him to give him a little bit more and um, didn't, just didn't. But not a bad game by any means. Just I was ready for him to, to just put up another big old performance. Uh, I'm just going to go back to the Cowboys-Eagles game where Devonta Smith yeah. needed to do more. And it wasn't just lack of opportunity. It was he like he, that that one uh, coming across the middle yeah. that I think he should have had, and he didn't. And he was just kind of getting bullied around. Ended up with three grabs for 28 yards on six targets. Played 98% of the snaps. He just didn't really do anything if you told me that was the first round pick the heisman winner uh i think you would be kind of shocked well, because yeah he felt like such a non-factor um i mean they like jalen rager was putting in more work than him quez Watkins was making bigger plays than him um i don't know i, I don't know i that, that yeah. offense as a whole wasn't very good but no. uh it it was kind of disappointing I actually disagree. I think it was a huge factor from uh, when he slipped and just caused the the Diggs pick six. I think that was a pretty big yeah. factor. <laughs> Not that like I want to put that on him, but it just when he rolled into an underwhelming that, performance. That, well, he, he, I mean, that was a bad decision and throw from Jalen Hurts yeah. for sure. But he, he, like, you can't slip on that route. No, no, and especially. Like you, you know, Diggs is just sitting on that. I mean, it was an, it was an Alabama skeleton practice. That's all it was. And yeah, no, exactly. So no, I, I think that's uh, fair. I was I was considering him here, okay. but I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Tell me why uh, why you're smart. Who looks like a hit for you? You know what? I went just uh, it looks for, like a hit for both of us. I went back to here and not a flashy game from Nick Bolton, but he's just already really solid, man. I had seven tackles for the Chiefs. He's just all over the place for the Chiefs defense and. uh it's, one, it's also nice he's playing so much. Sorry? It's nice he's playing so yeah, much. Yeah, no, exactly. He's He's been a big deal for them. Like I, I feel like he's already uh, been a tone setter and an energy bringer for the Chiefs' defense. And I know they're one and two, but I think that's going to be big down the stretch. And um, still like finding his way in the passing game again, but really an impact player in the, in the run. And... Uh, one play, I think the highlight for him, he came down and laid a massive hit on Justin Jackson. And at first I thought it was Larry Roundtree. I'm like, oh, that's Mizzou on Mizzou crime in Missouri. But it was Justin Jackson. And, but he laid him out good. And I think that's just what he brings. And I, I think he's going to be a big factor for uh, – like the Chiefs have missed that. And 
I know it doesn't really matter when they're winning a Super Bowl and, and getting to another Super Bowl, but uh, maybe it will down the stretch at some point this year. And, uh, yeah, I know he's playing a lot, and he's been impressive. Mine is Tommy Tremble, the Panthers' tight end, <laughs> yeah. who finally got some touches against the Texans, had that tight end sweep touchdown run. That was pretty awesome, seven-yarder. Also had the big the, the big 30-yard grab. Um, only played 26% of the snaps, but they traded Dan Arnold for C.J. Henderson. <laughs> and then, then all of a sudden you're hearing this, they love Tommy Tremble noise, and I'm just I'm, I'm calling my shot early. Yeah. No, he looked really fun, and it was so cool that they they used him on the sleep and stuff. And that's what I think we both really hoped that they would use him uh, when they drafted him. And I, I still want to kind of see like the the creative fullback stuff. I don't know. Tommy Tremble should be on the field every I, every snap. Is my take. I also trust Joe Brady's going to do yes. a good job because he's doing a really good job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, looking like a miss. Yeah, I, I hate to do this to us and to uh, the Buckeyes. I put Trey Sermon. I know that sample size is so small, and he was banged up, but I... I, I, I uh, he's a Sooner. It's fine. He's a Sooner. Yeah, true. True. <laughs> but <laughs> Actually, wait. Can I gripe on something? I hate that everyone keeps calling Jalen Hurts an Alabama quarterback. He, he's an Oklahoma quarterback to me. But anyways, throw that aside. Um yeah, Sermon just didn't show much of anything on Sunday Night Football. He scored the touchdown, yeah, but I don't know. I didn't see any explosiveness. I don't know if he made anyone miss. Uh, he only had two yard, uh, five-yard runs or more. Um, he had three targets, dropped and one of them. Good. This was his his opportunity to I, take the reins. Exactly, and yeah. And only had 3.1 yards per carry and three yards on two catches and that drop. Yeah, I just – disappointing. Dis- it was, you know – I don't want to call him a miss or anything yet, but just such a disappointing performance from Sermon. I was ready for him to, to break out, especially, like, it, why wasn't he playing before, I said, and I was just all ready for this. It do, and do, it doesn't help that Eli Mitchell's already had that big game, yeah. so once he's healthy again, like, I, I assume he'll, he'll be the guy. Yeah. Um, a guy who can go in this category every week, and, and not just for you, not just for me, but also for Dave Gettleman, uh, Kadarius Toney. He he played like he played a lot against the Falcons, like a lot. Um, did Jason Garrett do an amazing job getting him involved? <laughs> no, but they schemed him some touches, both his touches actually. Um, three targets, two grabs, sixteen yards. He just, I don't know. He looked so irrelevant. He didn't look jazzed up to be running routes. He is, I don't know. He just uh, he was not blocking. I don't know. I just. If it's not great when like they've got these other wide receivers who are not good, like Colin Johnson, who I love Colin Johnson, but like Colin Johnson's was once, uh, especially once Sterling Shepard got hurt, Colin Johnson became the the guy opposite Kenny Galladay. CJ Board had a huge grab down the sideline, um, and, and again, Sterling Shepard got hurt, yeah. and Kadarius Tony played a ton and did nothing with that. So I don't know. I l- also I don't know what's up with Darius Slayton for that team. Yeah, that's a good point. He's just been kind of, I don't know. That team is a disaster. But yeah, yeah. I, I love Kadarius Tony. Um, that pick smelt like bust from when it happened. Yeah, we said it a thousand times. Yeah, let's let's just keep on moving. Needs to step it up. Adrian. Yeah, no, this pick did not smell like a bust. I think we we thought it'd be a huge boom. Another wide receiver that we both like, uh, Deami Brown for the Washington Football Team. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, Rob. Uh, played sixty-five percent of the snaps, which was his lowest of the year. 
Uh, he had zero catches on two targets uh, and a carry for negative four yards. <laughs> they gave him the ball in an end around uh, early in the game, and there was just nothing there. They lost four yards. Uh, later, though, he was wide open on a drag route. No one around him. Third down, easy, easy conversion, catch and run, probably 15 yards plus. Um, and he just dropped the ball. He just flat out dropped the ball. It was ugly. And Washington's defense just ain't what it was supposed to be so far. They're bottom five in like every category, I think. Uh, and I know, you know, Fitzy is out, Heineke's there, but the offense needs to step up. And outside of Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, they need to find that third option in the passing game. Luckily, Gibson had a massive touchdown on a scream. So, like, I think they got to work him in more as a passing pass catcher too, which they have, you know, it's really been McKissick's role. But anyways, that's not the point of the show. Um, but they need to they need him to step up and become that th- legit third passing option. Uh, okay, uh, another pass catcher who <clears throat> we thought was going to boom, Kyle Pitts. Yeah. AJ, why did when I watch Kyle Pitts, does he do nothing? Well, he did nothing week one. I had him for underwhelming. He had a good week yeah. last week, but then yeah. So if I like, if you watch this game, and then I was like, he played eighty four percent of the snaps, you'd be shocked because yeah. he was just like you don't even notice him. He ended up with two grabs for thirty five yards on three targets, but like there, okay, one, he is not doing a whole lot. Two, they're not specifically being creative nope, with him. Not at all. Like it's weird. It's very weird that they they love Lee Smith, um, because Lee Smith blocks his ass off. Lee Smith caught himself a touchdown, uh. But uh, yeah, Pitts. It's it's like he, as a blocker, he was getting moved around, and that's not gonna help, uh, him find uh find a consistent role. I don't think. But the other thing is, like. You traded Julio Jones. Yeah. Like, Calvin Ridley's awesome, but why? And, and you've got Hayden Hurst. You've got Lee Smith. You've got three tight ends. Lee Smith's your stud blocker. Kyle Pitts is a freak athlete, and Hayden Hurst's, like, just an average NFL tight end. Yeah, he's a solid. Why not get creative with play, – play Kyle Pitts out wide. Play him in the slot. Move him around. Yeah. They had him line up at wide receiver a couple times on run plays, but, like, whatever. And it just – it feels like there's not much of a plan for Kyle Pitts. I don't know why that is because he's playing a lot, so – You'd think if he's playing a lot when you've got a reliable Hayden Hurst yeah. that they 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 like what they see from Pitts at least. Um, but it, it, it also comes back to before the season, all the talk, and you've mentioned this before, how he's going to be a top five tight end in the league immediately is what we all thought. Uh, he's going to have a thousand yards immediately. Like, and it's just, I don't know, he... Put it. Put his face on on the milk cartons because where's Kyle Pitts? It is. Know? I also put super frustrating. Yeah. I I also put Najee Harris, um, who part of it is the offensive line's horrible, uh, but he's not like he's getting tons of opportunities, especially in the past game. He set an NFL record with 19 targets as a running back this past week. Uh, 14 grabs for 102 yards. He's not doing a ton with the ball in his hands when he does get it. Um, Ben's checking it down like crazy. Uh, he's going to lead the league in catches. He also had some horrible drops at the end of the game. Two straight drops uh, that should have been first down conversions. Uh, I don't know. He needs to be – to be a first-round running back, you have to play r- really well immediately because you're a running back. Running back shouldn't go in the first round. Your time is limited in the NFL mm-hmm. as a running back. 
He's just not creating enough for himself. And the offensive line, again, not doing many favors, but I'm almost more looking at it as a pass catcher and getting so many opportunities like that. And you, he's he's picking up five to seven every every play, it feels like, yeah. but not ripping off those big, big ones. Uh, who's not ready to play? Can I just say one more thing on Kyle Pitts? Um, the team is terrible. <laughs> They're going nowhere. I would just like to see them commit to like throwing one deep shot to him like per quarter. Like just have a schedule like okay, this second down uh, from you know we're, say we're on the forty, our own forty, uh, second and five or less. This is where we take a, a deep shot to Pitts. Like just throw it there, Ryan. Like just just commit to it and see what he can do. Anyways, not ready to play. Uh, I'm going back to the SEC. Um, Landon Dickerson. I, I I'm surprised he's physically. I, I I put him too. I put him too. Yeah, I'm surprised he's physically ready to play, but uh, and like he didn't have a proper offseason. But man, like he was way rougher than I thought, and it still might be the health as a factor a, a little bit. And it's like no, I don't want to kill him for being for for being so bad, but he struggled bad, bad, bad against the Cowboys. Um, I, I think I read that PFF has him as the worst pass blocking efficiency in the NFL right now. Small sample size, but still, he, yeah. Go ahead. Osa, yeah, you you already mentioned yeah. Osa was giving it to him. Yeah, and like even before uh, the the play before the pick six that we mentioned, uh, Dickerson like didn't anchor great. He got pushed back uh, almost into Hertz's lap, but more importantly, the defender jumped right, and Dickerson didn't do anything. You got to give him the little shove in the gut there. Got to prevent those boys from getting their hands up. He didn't. Uh, and the defender just obstructed Hertz's passing lane big time, and that's where uh, I don't know if you recall the play, but Goddard was pretty wide open, uh, just just yeah. out of the out of his Goddard's hands. And I think if Dickerson didn't have that muck in front of Hertz and had the clear passing lane, I think that's an easy completion, and then in, in turn that pick six wouldn't have happened either. So little little <laughs> projection there, but I, that was a big play when it turns out to, and just down to down he was really really bad. Yeah, um, and that's a guy who I think I had him top twenty, top fifteen on my board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first uh, round. Both of us had so, first round grades. Yeah, yeah, and a guy who I thought would like, as long as he's healthy, would instantly translate yes. to NFL success. Yeah, and they really need him to too because uh, like the offensive line's already banged up. Brandon Brooks is already hurt, and Al Sumelo's uh, out for the year they, too. Yeah, exactly. And now he's done for the season too. Like Leonard Dixon's going to be lot. starting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's it's even um, I like to be like he's playing out of position like he played center at Alabama. Yeah, he was originally a guard, yeah. so it's like not even that. It's not even the same thing where Kendrick Green moving from guard to center because I also think moving from center to guard is easier, um, especially when you've done it. And then yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, best day three rookie. So I, I think the actual answer was Oso Digazua, but I'll give you another one. Yeah. Uh, after having a bad week, according to Robbie P last week, uh, I'm going to give Paulson Adebo the props for the for a bounce back week. Uh, played every snap on defense again, uh, and I I don't think he allowed much of anything. He looked tight in coverage, uh, had five tackles again. It was the Patriots; they're not really pushing the ball. Um, had a, a really big hit on JJ Taylor, which was fun. It was just a sure and solid outing for Paulson Adebo, and I just feel like. I like I like that he's he doesn't panic. He just plays with the the, the calm of a veteran corner. I, I like that presence out there for the for the Saints at least this week. Um, after like huge week one, rough week two, and solid week three. I think you got to be really happy with that from, from for the Saints, especially when he's played every down. 
Uh, I didn't. Uh, okay, so Osa is the obvious pick. You're right. Um, I want. I wanted to go with a guy who didn't have like a big, uh, a big stat game. Just two catches for 13 yards on 11 offensive plays. But Demetric Felton, I think, is is just going to see his role increase more and more. They're lining him at running back. They're using him in motion, like almost uh, like not not to get touches, but just to have the defense focus in on him. Yeah, um, yeah. And then he was awesome as a punt returner. Yeah, yeah. He, he had seven punt returns because the Bears just kept punting <laughs> uh, for and, and like was consistently chunk after chunk on each punt return. I think he, if he was on a different team, he would find a role quicker on that offense. Mm-hmm. But because they've got the best one-two punch in the league, he won't necessarily. But I'm hoping we get to see a handful of gadget plays for him a game or, or, or scheme touches uh, because he's clearly an NFL playmaker. Yeah, I think he's, like, definitely he would have a bigger impact on another team or like, getting more touches at least. But I think on the Browns, um, when we get further down the stretch and they're just working him in a little bit and picking their spots and lining him up at receiver and just letting him go, I think he's gonna you're going to feel his impact in terms of just teams are going to have to watch out for him. And when you got to keep an eye on Felton and you, you got a little some snazzy stuff out wide and then you're just pounding the ball to Chubb or Hunt, it just makes him think for a second. I think that could be huge come December or, or later in the season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any undrafted rookie Yeah, standards? Yeah, I got one. I went back to the well, A.J. Parker. Uh, played him at the dude. nickel mainly. Um, he was making plays, especially around the line of scrimmage. Uh, had a nice tackle for loss. I don't, he didn't get credit for a tackle for loss, but it should have been, I think. Uh, just knifed down on a third down, and um, uh, third and short that was too. And he was the first man to trip the running back up. Uh, I guess someone else got credit, but regardless, great play. Um, later in the game, he blitzed Lamar. Um, Lamar stepped up and ran, but Parker just closed down on him from behind and held him to like a four-year gain on, I think it was a third down as well. Uh, not Not too much in coverage. I mean, the Ravens don't throw it to the slot too much uh only three tackles but i I think aaron glenn found something in aj parker i was about to say like we haven't had a lot of undrafted rookies like hitting the field in 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 substantial roles whatsoever yeah other than aj parker who's become the lion's best corner on a team that's invested in in corners in the last two drafts yeah no he's playing he's playing well and uh oh wow i'm blanking on the other corner's name uh from Undrafted last year, I think. He played outside a lot. Bigger dude. He had a pretty good game against the Ravens, too, I thought. Not a rookie. Congratulations to him. Yeah, last. <laughs> Do you remember? You can't um, think of his name? Okay. Uh, I, I don't know who you're talking about. A, a quick Google can tell us both. No way. Or you can just keep guessing. Do you want me to just do the okay. next half hour guessing? Undrafted. Rookie or set not rookie? No, not rookie. Last year, twenty twenty. Bobby Price. Bobby Price. Bobby Price. Bobby Price. Yeah. Yeah. Six four baby. Uh, can't talk about who I was going to say it was a six four corner anymore because he's in jail. Uh, Cody White was my best undrafted rookie, who didn't really have a big game, but no one else does anything. Uh, Cody White, Michigan State, Big Ten country, playing for the Steelers. Two targets, two catches, 17 yards on only nine plays. That's a fucking efficiency. <laughs> um, I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of serious when I say outside of Chase Claypool, Cody White was that dude. <laughs> Chase Claypool was banged up throughout the game, and Ben Roethlisberger sucks so much that Chase Claypool was just 
doing the absolute most he could given the circumstances. Uh, but Cody White was making more plays than um, the non-Cody White wide receivers. Actually, Ray Ray McLeod had a good grab. James Washington had a got himself open deep and bad missed him. But uh, yeah, Cody White, uh, your wide receiver five. Rookies who flash. Uh, I had Tremble here, but we already talked about him, so I'll give you I'll give you two defensive guys. Uh, John Davis, obviously not a good outing for the Washington football team defense. <clears throat> he only played 52% of snaps, uh, but he did have a really big stop in fourth and two. Uh, he was in coverage. Uh, uh, Diggs tried to like throw a little pick out of a bunch route. Uh, Davis just went right off his hip and got to uh, Devin Singletary right as he caught the ball, brought him down, really promising play, had six tackles in the game. Um, again, Washington football team defense is not what we thought it was, but uh, impressive there. I, I just want to see it get get more more and more looks. Um, let them get settled into the passing game, but I think seeing plays like that are is really promising. And uh, <clears throat> I'll stick at defense and uh, Tyson Campbell, who got the start for the Jags this week. I didn't think he was like particularly great or anything. Uh, right off the bat, he had a nice PBU on AJ Green uh, on a slant on the first drive. Uh, but you know what I thought was fun? He was flashy because he kept making big-time hits. Like, every time, like, he had eight tackles, and I felt like everyone was really physical. And it was fun to see because he kept thumping guys, and that was cool. Uh, later in the game, he gave up a huge uh, chunk shot to A.J. Green, and he probably should have been called for P.I. too, and probably should have made the play. But <laughs> but the physicality in the run game and just coming up and making hits, I thought it was really impressive. And he got stuck on blocks a little bit. But uh, not a good first start, but, like, just... Nice to see. I mean, the Jags' secondary is, is ridiculously bad, and uh, obviously C.J. Henderson is gone. So just somewhat promising from uh, from from the Jags' defense, finally. Uh, I'll, I'll give you two defensive guys, too, both corners. Patrick Sertain, mm-hmm. who is deeply in this defensive rookie of the year uh, race through three weeks. Once again, it was the Jets, but still, like, just because they suck doesn't mean you can't compliment sure. a man who's Absolutely. sticky coverage, had a nice pass breakup. Um, he, he's he been incredible. And, and it was almost the same situation for Greg Newsom, who, the, again, that was the first time I got to watch the Browns because mm-hmm. he'd done the previous two weeks. So I finally got eyes on Greg Newsom. And, again, the Bears' offense was nothing. They couldn't do anything, whatever. He was – he just looks so natural. Yeah. I, I call him the – I called it this guy. I call him the natural because he's just so smooth. The feet are so crisp. He had a pass breakup as well. He'll play inside and outside. Um, both the rookie corners have been fucking great. Yeah, uh, reverse from like last the, year. The, the first round guys in particular, first and second round guys in particular. Yeah, I think Newsom is just you know when they took him, it's like okay that remember it was a little out of left field for us at least. Um, and when they took him, it's like okay that's a, just a safe, solid pick, and he's going to be that from the from the beginning. And I think that's what he's been. He hasn't been overly flashy from from what I saw, but just really solid in coverage. Uh, I also want to mention, I thought Terrace Marshall had a nice little bounce back game against the Texans. Yeah, I, I thought he's been a little underwhelming overall, but no, I th- I, that's fair. Is that ball? I, I thought he looked pretty good. A couple first down conversions. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, out of nowhere. Okay, I'm going real out of nowhere. Uh, not for us though, baby. But I'm going for another UDFA. Uh, Jake Curran, he got into the game for the Seahawks. They kind of mix him in at right tackle with Brandon Shell out, so they split some time between him and Jamarco Jones. And he held his own. I, like watching watching live, I didn't see any glaring losses in pass pro. Uh, looks solid against the run, and just really out of nowhere because I, I I don't know when the Seahawks signed him, I wasn't too confident he was gonna make the team or anything. 
and uh, he's already getting into into games. So I think that's that's kind of fun. Uh, mine's Caden Stearns, who I already mentioned had that easy pick at the top, but he he's he's kind of been their third or he was their third safety. Mm-hmm. Um, they obviously have one of the best safety combos in the league, yep. Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, but uh, he adds an interesting player to the uh, as your third safety who, who kind of played this big nickel role at times for Texas. Uh, can come in and, and is we know he's a uh, a former five star. He's a good athlete. He uh, I don't know. He lo- he belongs is kind of my takeaway. And it's nice the situation he's in. That secondary is really good, really really good. Yeah. Okay. What rookie should start this week? Okay. So start might be a strong word for Ramondre Stevenson, but please, Bill Belichick, you have to activate him on game day at least. I mean. They now have injuries to the position with James White going down with a, with a hip injury. He's probably going to be out for a long time. Yeah. They brought in a bunch of scrub running backs to tryouts this week. Not Edo Smith, though. He's sick. But they brought him in, too. Um, and Stevenson fumbled week one, and I went back and watched it. I think he was actually down, by the way, but it doesn't matter because that's instant doghouse for Bill Belichick. But, come on, they got to give him a chance this week. they got to give him a chance. He was preseason MVP they got to give him a chance. And, like, Damian Harris hasn't been – like, he's, he's had some a couple really nice runs, but he's been solid but not amazing. Like, you can mix Stevenson in, especially how good he looked in the preseason. I just want to see him get some more touches, finally. Um, so mine's less of a start the rook and more of a feature of the rook. Uh, the Jets' offense is just so piss poor. And, again, I know you're getting down so early, so you're leaning on the, the passing game and Zach Wilson, but – I really think they need to do a better job featuring Michael Carter. Mm-hmm. And specifically in the passing game where uh, against the Broncos this week, he ran for 24 yards, two catches, five yards. He had 11 touches. And he was, the, he was had by far the most touches of their backs. But I think you need to like get him the ball in space as a pass catcher. Yeah. Take advantage of his juice. And um, like we know the Shanahan run game lends itself to, to big – big um gashes that sounded bad out loud uh but the point stands um the the jets offensive line isn't great and not having Becton in there sucks yeah. but it's not the biggest problem right now i don't know i just want to see them do a better job uh leaning on a guy like michael carter who i think can give that that offense a spark that it just really doesn't have yeah plus it would make their games more fun to watch for us i think ty johnson's probably been better than Carter to start the season, but they have not gotten in this, the run game this, going. In this game, Ty Johnson was not good. Yeah, I, I didn't watch. I didn't watch this week, but yeah, I know. Uh, I I saw the stats. So Carter had a better game. Um, uh, Ty, what, Ty Johnson droppy drops. Ah, okay. But I was gonna say, yeah, in the, running the ball, Johnson's looked better. But they got to get Carter going in the, in the passing game. Um, let me just say something. They've been missing Jameson Crowder. Uh, who's hurt and on the Kobe list, and he should be back this week or next week. Um, so I wonder if the crowd, because he, he, he looked pretty good in the preseason, I wonder if him coming back and just be like a stabilizing dump-off dude for Zach Wilson, you know? Yeah. We'll see. Well, we'll see. Here's to hoping the rookie quarterbacks are more fun for us this week, because this show is mainly based around rookie quarterbacks, and when they suck, it makes this a lot less fun. <laughs>